The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and P&G's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. BRTs. This is me doing a pirate voice, which is kind of a, a bad, a bad Irish voice. That's enough, that's enough of that. Um, hi, welcome to Could Happen Here, the show where we talk about things that could possibly happen and or are happening. And go yarhar fiddly d. I'm Garrison. Uh, welcome to this uh, tech-centric episode. This is very exciting. Uh, with me is uh, Chris to help us discuss uh libraries and piracy arg permanently pirate brained and and uh paywalls and all this all this fun stuff so yeah we're talking about kind of free access to information and uh i don't know like i really like libraries and i think a library based economy would be pretty cool yeah you know li- libraries for everything uh food libraries you you take food you know deposit compost um it's a ne- decent 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 system Got the tool libraries, so you can get, you know, your angle grinders for taking apart federal fences. You can get your, you know, soldering irons for building your FGC nines, you know, all all of all of the basic stuff. And I guess book libraries are cool too. Um, but we already have those. And we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about them a little bit. We're gonna be having a discussion on paywalls, piracy, arg, and uh and how access to information is actually good. Um, contrary to what many people want to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as uh, as the internet uh, uh, became easier to access and the information flow accelerated, there's been kind of questions and speculation on how physical book libraries will fit into our increasingly digital media landscape. Now, it's important to mention that the library is also one of the main ways for lower income people to access the internet yep. um, with their you know collection of free to use computers as well as, you know, a decent Wi-Fi connection. Um, and many, many libraries also are expanding their scope to include stuff like makerspaces, as well as, you know, their printers and standard kind of office supplies. So libraries are already kind of beyond just places to get printed media. 
but of course that is that is kind of their one of, that has been their main their main premise but you know they've been they've been including stuff regarding ebooks computer use wi-fi access all the stuff's been a part of libraries for like the past like 20 30 years yeah. um yeah, like it's it's not it's not it's not it's not it's not a new thing. But I think when when people think of libraries, we just think of books or newspapers and stuff. But it is it is definitely more than that, because yeah, obviously physical libraries are mostly known for printed materials. And because we'll be talking about paywalls and piracy, arg, um, and and fears that access to free content will negatively impact creators' ability to make such content. I figured let's start by talking about book libraries since they're one of the oldest examples of providing information for free. So based on kind of surveys and data collected from you from library users across the country, it would seem that libraries and loaned ebooks are actually a very powerful economic engine for the book business. Now, yes, libraries do have special deals to buy the books that they do have in stock. Sometimes they're donated, but even beyond that fact. Like library users, like the fact that libraries exist for the users in and of themselves increase book sales. Um, it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty fun. So even as far back as like 2011, there's been studies that show that libraries do increase book sales. Now, yes, this is this is a, this is a, a capitalist argument, but sometimes when arguing with let's you know let's call them normies. Um, you can convince them to agree with a lot of kind of like anarchy leaning improvements to the world by carefully using their own rhetoric against them. Right. This is this is like the same thing with the giving out free drugs and having safe drug in, in like intake sites and giving you know, houses to homeless people, you know, all, all this type of stuff. You know, all of those things are cheaper for the taxpayer than what we're currently doing with how we use emergencies yep. like uh, for how we use emergency services spending. So. Yes, it's a capitalist argument, but you can still kind of, you know, paint someone into a corner to to <laughs> ag agree to like actual good improvements by using, hey, this is actually cheaper, you know, th that type of argument. So, yeah, libraries, they do increase book sales. So that is mostly cool. There is a, there was a study that shows around uh, this is a study around 20, 2011 that showed that 50 percent of library users report purchasing books by an author that they were introduced to through the library system. Uh, which debunks the myth that when a library buys books, the publisher will lose future sales. Um, instead, it confirms that the public library does not only incubate and support literacy, as it's you know generally understood in our culture, but is also an active partner with the publishing industry in for building up the book market. And also including in that is the ever-growing ebook market, which I don't really like ebooks for reasons we'll kind of discuss in a bit for how I kind of have an aversion to the idea of like digital ownership, but ebooks are undeniably a very, a, a growing industry that also, you know, does, does support writers in a lot of ways. Um, but I think physical books are a lot cooler and more sure, reliable. Very nice. They are, as you can tell by my very nice physical book collection behind me, which you cannot listen to because this is a podcast and you can't listen with your ears unless you're on a lot of drugs, which good luck hearing the books behind me people yeah, who listen people to this podcast also on have drugs. fun yeah you too but yeah i'm not i'm not talking about them um we're gonna, this is an anti people who have undrug induced synesthesia podcast now lucky bastards we're gonna get canceled for that. <laughs> oh sure Don't do yeah that. that's what, that's that's what's gonna get me after all yeah, not the <laughs> well bleep that i can't believe you that, said yes. that <laughs> wow whoa chris just said one of the just one of the most, one of the most, one of the most horrible authors that I would never be caught dead reading any of their books. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so the idea that like piracy and free information will like tank creative industries, and you know the, the idea that you know just having access to free versions of media will hurt the ability to make more of the media is definitely proven wrong simply by the uh, modern existence and popularity of anime uh, in the United States. Because <laughs> uh, we would not have anime, anime would not be what it is today without piracy. Uh, and because uh, in the, in the specifically like 2000s, late 90s, the piracy of anime became, you know, a big, a massive reason why it is the cultural juggernaut that it is today. Over half of anime related sales revenue comes from overseas, not, not Japan. Uh, it comes from uh, places like the states. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's also I think worth mentioning here, like 
it, it wasn't even just that they were like pirating the show, right? They were pirating. They they were getting a worse version of it. Oh yeah, because like you, you know you're talking horrible about resolution. Like, yeah, terrible resolutions. Like I mean, literally like VCRs that people had figured out how to like write like get subtitles on. Like these versions of it are terrible. The translations are awful, and it's still just like absolutely like just catapulted anime from like an incredibly fringe thing for weirdos to a thing that is also still for weirdos, but is still now incredibly mostly. mainstream. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to take, take, take this opportunity to plug our future episode, which is <sighs> dissecting the politics of Attack on Titan. Dun, dun, dun. It's coming, folks. Strap in. So, yes. Anyway, would not be the thing it is today without privacy. And again, but... The majority of of sales revenue comes from not Japan, so yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, pretty 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 clear. So the, the the discovery of new books and authors through the library system um, is definitely surging right now, actually, specifically due to ebooks and audiobooks being available uh, online anytime, well, like, like via library means. So there's like you know there's there's ways you can access. You can quote unquote borrow these types of things via via the library systems, uh, despite them being like digital media, uh, which again I, I prefer physical, but that's that's something we'll talk about later. So even e- even while li- visits to libraries and like physical bookstores uh, plummeted during COVID nineteen, digital library usage soared, which is you know that that yep. that, that 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 tracks. Um, more than four hundred and thirty million titles were borrowed from the OverDrive wow. uh, library platform. In 2020 alone, and it would, you know, it, it you could you could assume that uh, this would cause a drop in the purchasing of books during the same period, uh, but the opposite's true. Uh, actually, the overall purchasing of books also rose in 2020, including an eight percent uh, lift in the sales of print books, despite a lot of people being out of jobs and out of work. You know, it turns out people are bored, so they're gonna spend money on books because books are cool, and even when they have access to library stuff. They still buy books. Yep, it's a it's a it's a simple truth that the the library patrons are usually also book buyers. This yeah, is... it's 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 me. I am literally surrounded by books on all sides. They they have me surrounded. I have no escape. Uh, and this is what happens when you grow up in a library. I I mean I, I also grew up in a library. I mean I was yep. I was homeschooled. I grew up a lot of time in library. To my to, to to my left, I have books on urban exploration and Lemony Snicket. To my right, I have books on alchemy. Behind me, I have books which I shall not name, um, <laughs> and behind me, I have a massive stack of comic books. Um, yeah, I am usually surrounded by books. It's uh, books are great, and you, yeah. you you have them unless they burn up. You're gonna have them no matter whether the internet goes out, whether whether an online provider shuts down. You're gonna you're gonna have physical books. They are they are they are pretty they're pretty cool. So, and libraries and like the library system offers a really great way to discover new books, new series, new genres, or new authors before deciding whether to permanently purchase those titles. So it's, it's this isn't just like an assumption used to hype up the idea of a library. It's, this has been proven by lots of studies, like the one I mentioned a few minutes ago from 2011. Um, also, there was the uh, Panorama Project's Immersive Media and Books 2020 Consumer Survey, which is a way too long of a title it's a real mouthful which found that one third of responders bought a book that they discovered through the library in 2020 so turns out you you discover a book you return it and you're like hey that book's actually pretty good i'll just buy a copy myself i did that i i, I still do that all the time it's uh yeah it's 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 a thing so this is why i own all my star wars books for better yes. or for worse this is why i have a, a beautiful copy of splinter in the mind's eye oh uh, god <laughs> Which I am very curious to see who will get that joke. Um, I was I was I was trying to think of the worst Star Wars book that I have, and you said that. And I'm like, I can't. Courtship of Princess nothing. Leia. I think I actually have that. Yeah, well, there you go. There's there's two. There's, there's two for you. I give yeah. you two. Uh, yeah. So in our kind of in our like technology driven world of like you know wanting things very quickly, you know instant instant gratification, um, library users are no different. Right? They 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 still have that instant gratification drive and many times they will want a specific book and they'll be happy to pay for it instead of waiting for it at the library right you can put a book on hold and wait a month or you can buy it for 10 bucks and oftentimes people will buy the book because we want things quickly uh, it's uh, according to the same panorama project 
immersive media and books 2020 consumer survey, uh, about 30% of respondents uh, said that they just bought books rather than waiting for them if they are unavailable for, from from the library at the time. So, and it's 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 a great system. I mean, like li li libraries are also frequently used just as like a really good browsing tool. Um, you know, if you're unsure of what you want to read next, you can go to the library, look at stuff, and be like, okay, this is what I'm interested in, and then purchase it online or in person at a later date. And it's not just uh, it's not 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 just physical books. Library users are also are also driving the purchase of ebooks and physical books. Um, and audiobooks. Audiobooks have been actually very big at the library. I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks actually from, from the library because I would get uh, CDs back when those uh, were a thing. Yeah. Uh, great for road trips. Back in the old days when you had a CD, I say with my Gen Z uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, outlook. Yes, uh, CDs. Classic, classic. Uh, according to the Audio Publishers Association, also known as the APA, which is uh, an acronym. Uh, daily audiobook consumption has grown seventy one percent since twenty seventeen, which is not surprising. I mean, like there's 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 stuff like Audible and you know big big platforms that are that are making high quality audiobook content. Uh, but that's 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 a lot. Um, yeah. In in twenty twenty alone, audiobook revenue grew by seventeen percent. Wow. Even though even though the number of people who were commuting plummeted, right? Because a lot of people listen to audiobooks while like driving to work. So the number of you know of commuting dropped in 2020 because there was this plague. I'm not sure if you've heard about that. Uh, but well, they the still government clearly hasn't. So you know, <laughs> that's true. They're pretending it's not real. But if yeah, if 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 you look at most, uh, if you look at you know the uh, the audiobook revenue, it it grew despite there being uh, much less much less um, uh, much less work commuting, and that was the eighth straight year of double of double digit growth in the audiobook uh, revenue uh, sector, and it aligns with other kind of digital library usage statistics. So yeah, like libraries and booksellers, will they, they, they work in tandem. They, it, they, libraries drive interest for content, both physical and digital. You know, Rising Tide races all, uh, all of those floaty things in the water, um, as the saying goes. Arg, that's a piracy joke, everybody. Arg, yeah, uh, Overdrive has found that when uh, a reader uses one or more digital library apps, like uh, Libby, which I've never heard of until I had to re research this podcast, but once you, if you use more than one, one or more dig digital library apps, you're sixty, you're, you are sixty-one percent more likely to increase your book consumption year over year versus people who do not. So yeah, it turns out when you read more books, you want to read more books because they're good. Because it's fun. <laughs> it rules. It's fun. <laughs> So instead of instead of reading a book, I'm going to give our audio listeners an opportunity right now to listen to this carefully curated selection of ads, um, unless they're by like, I don't know, the National Guard or whatever. So here you go. Here's here's some ads. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! 
You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And we are back. Wow, what a lovely, lovely collection of audio treats to tickle your ears. Okay. Okay. Your God. <laughs> speaking, speaking of tickling your ears, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. So a lot of, a, a, a lot of the reasons why we're going to, so I, I'm, this, this, this will make sense. I, I promise. Um, we're about to talk about fly genetics. We're, Gene no. SSH, Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> no, for sure. This is a real thing. Look it up. <laughs> we're, we're talking about how, like, when people are allowed to, like, do piracy and allowed to do, like, their own things with media, it actually boosts the overall kind of, like, uh, presence of the franchise, right? So Sonic the Hedgehog would not be a current cultural stake if it wasn't for fan culture and the use of, like, fan games and fan media related to Sonic. So it's the same thing with, like, anime, right? Um you know, Sonic so Sonic fan games, which were allowed to be existed for years, which Sega encouraged, are the only reason why there's good Sonic games right now, like Sonic Mania, which were just they just hired people who made fan games. Um, the person who redesigned Sonic the Hedgehog for the movie, what used to make Sonic fan comics, <laughs> and then got hired to make the actual official Sonic comics. Then they got hired to fix oh. the. Then got hired to fix the horrible movie design. <laughs> so yeah, Sega's been very good about like not being uh horrible about like copyright stuff and trademark stuff they've like really encouraged it because turns out when you when you yourself don't make good games you need to rely on fans <laughs> to yeah. actually make the good games so we get uh, we so we that's where you get beautiful creations like the sonic dreams collection which is a heartwarming uh nostalgic look at sonic through the ages um and uh other great games like sonic mania which so we can compare this to like a nintendo who unfortunately makes good games, um, but also hates when fans make games or do like emulation yeah. or any like ports, they will clamp down on that so fast. If you ever emulate a Nintendo game, you hell watch watch your back. <laughs> there will be there will be men in black suits following you around. Just yeah, like to to give an understanding of like how far this goes, right? So Super Smash Bros. Melee, this game is like maybe older than Garrison. It is. I don't, I think so. I actually don't know if that's true. It might, yeah, literally old and Garrison, right? This game has an absolute, still, still to this day, like copies of this game are extremely expensive because there's an enormous professional scene around it. Uh, Nintendo, like, 
basically was working to actively smash them because they were they were playing smash. a yeah yeah smash them yeah because they because they were playing on like an emulated uh like they're playing an emulated version of it for yeah. tournaments because playing it was easier a, a, emulated software yeah yeah and nintendo again who is literally getting like millions of views of completely free good publicity was like no we hate you yeah nintendo really does <laughs> not like it do this when people use their their like their their content and stuff in ways that are not 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 official and because they make decent games they could actually get get away with that um sega does not make decent games unfortunately yeah. <laughs> so they have to rely on fans doing that but yeah like, that's the reason why sonic is still a thing is because fans have like have been able to you know through through piracy, through emulation, through creating, through using like Sonic code to code their own games, all that stuff is, is the reason why that's still like a cultural staple. That is uh, releasing a new movie next month, which I'm very excited about. I'm very <laughs> excited about Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog too. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it could. We we could finally clamp down on the video game Oscar this time. I feel it. Well, that's that. Look, this 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 is just because uh, Ace Attorney got robbed. Okay. Well, greatest movie of all time. Ace so, Attorney. That is that is my little uh, side bit about about uh, about about Sega. Um, oh yeah, I should also briefly mention that uh, Nintendo just like put literally put a guy in prison for helping ja- for helping jailbreak consoles. Like yeah. put put a man in prison for this for modifying people's software on a game console. I guess the other thing I'll talk about is like, I mean, part of the reason why I really don't like digital ownership of media is because you don't actually own the thing you own mm-hmm. a license to use the content as long as the online service is active so even if you buy a game on you know the nintendo switch store you're not actually buying the game you're buying a license to use the game but same thing for whether you're buying media on like amazon prime right it's 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 the same thing if, if you're if you're buying a digital copy of it it's a license to use it so you can take you know what nintendo has done uh, a few years ago is they shut down the wii shop channel which means if you bought a game and it wasn't currently downloaded you can now you just it's gone. You just cannot you cannot play it anymore because they just completely took the service down. So you don't actually you're not you're not actually buying the thing. You're just buying a license to use the thing. Now they did they did the same thing a few months ago for the Wii U Shop channel and the 3DS channel. So yeah, rip rip to that. Uh, yep. If you if you if you have if you bought games on there that were not currently running, then you cannot get them anymore. They're just gone. Like you can, they're just lost, lost to time. Well, and, and you know, and again, if 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 you modify the software on the game console that you like nominally own in order to play the games that you bought and paid for, they will throw you in prison. Nintendo will send men in suits to come and get you and throw you in the prison. Yahoo! Yee-hee. That's a it's a Mario it's a Mario joke, everybody. Um, yes. So. I mean, I, it's the same thing with, like, subscription services. Like, obviously, if you have a subscription service, you don't own the content you're watching. You are just getting permission to use it for a certain amount of time. So this is obviously, this is this is more obvious, right? You, you don't own what's on Netflix. You just are able to watch what Netflix has legal rights to show. But you even see this thing extended to, like, cars. Like, Toyota was was trying out a program, and this may even, it may even still be active for some cars, where... You need a subscription service to use the key fob on your car's like automatic like like door locking like fob. Like you need a subscription to use that service of it, which is like wh- why? Like if you, it's it's just turning yeah. everything. It's turning everything into a subscription to a like a subscription service. It's horrible. Like everything is becoming a new subscription service, a new a new thing to get your monthly payments for. It's 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 awful. Like you don't actually buy things anymore. It's just a subscription services and digital copies it's not nothing is nothing is actually the thing anymore yeah it's it's it's, it's all just rent extraction the the entire economy instead of you know having a thing they figured out wait what if we just extract rent and then you also don't own it same thing with like tesla cars you have to like buy buy you know upgrades via software that are already built in and like subscribe to keep your car running nicely like what it's not like no. Yeah, I, you like, know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on on a very small gamer rant here. Yeah, because this this is a, this is a thing. A lot a lot of the worst practices for this originated in gaming, and this this was a this was a big fight back in like the early 2010s about okay, if you buy a game, right, do you own everything on the game? And there was a huge fight about you know they have these like uh, delayed uh, DLC, like they have these new content packages that would be on the disc, right, that you've bought, but you can't access it unless you pay them money. And this was like a fight, and some gamers were like, eh. 
you know, some gamers tried to fight it, right? But most gamers didn't care, and then yep. they became the weaponized shock troops of the far right instead of, you know, dealing with this shit. And now literally everything has fucking day, day one DLC on it that you buy the thing, you don't even get all you the have stuff. To, you, have to buy the, you have to buy the season pass to get all yeah. the content in the future. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, you have to buy the season pass for your car to work properly. Yeah. Like, so This, it, is, this is just how capitalism it works started with, it, start, it started with the season pass for a $60, for a $60 game. To then buy season pass to get more of the game, and now it's for your fifty thousand dollar car. Uh, so, yay! That's fun. It's it's not. It's it's kind of sucks. No, so it's awful. but yeah, a lot of these a lot of these like play to win practices, these like free models, which then like uh, the, which lead into like a subscription service based model, um, have have definitely started in online gaming, and it's yeah, it's it's really frustrating because. As we'll talk about here in a bit, like the Sega model is like better. Like it turns out when you encourage your fans to play around with the stuff, it only helps your property. Like that's the reason why they there's still Sonic merch available now, and it's not like a dead franchise. It's because they let because they allowed that to happen. So it's actually really cool when we're allowed to access free information and play with it how we want to, instead of like having this weird strict copyright like rules for not allowing certain usage of certain things like it's 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 not it's not great when you're restricting like emulation restricting fan games restricting the access to information it's not it's not it's it's not it's not fun but yeah this is kind of it kind of plays into why i i am very skeptical of digital media which is why i start started collecting blu-rays of all the, of all the things i like because i've bought things on amazon prime which are now no longer available on amazon prime and that sucks so like why do that Instead, just buy your physical copy. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, it didn't, and it's still true to some extent, like, if, if you buy physical copies, like, it didn't used to be like this. Like, Blu-rays used to, to some extent, still do, but they still do most, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but, like, like if, if you buy the physical copy of it, they will give you a code that lets you use the online version. Of a it. digital download code, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's a much better way of the thing working than... Uh, instead of you, you know, you don't buying it, you don't have the physical product, and also they can take it away from you. Yeah, it's. I'll circle back to this idea towards the end, but I kind of want to. I want now want a little bit segue to like the idea of the same type of like paywalling subscription service issues and like the restriction of free information regarding like online news. So, you know, there's a lot of people, whether they be like reporters, editors, authors, or just annoying people online. Um, but there's a decent collection of people that perpetuate the notion that readers or consumers are actually responsible for the dire straits of the media industry. But the problem with journalism and many other media, you know, industries, it, but the, the problem isn't that people aren't paying for news. The problem is, is that newspapers and outlets are being decimated and dismantled by hedge funds, capital investment firms, venture capitalists, and tech companies in search of profit. Um, you can look at how Facebook tricked a whole bunch of companies into switching over to uh, video content, and then a whole bunch of companies <laughs> had to fire tons of people because it was a lie. You can look at how Sinclair Broadcasting dominates local news channels and websites. Um, and how well-established local papers are struggling while big companies buy up all the competition. So it's, 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 it's especially the venture capitalist thing is actually a really, uh, is a really interesting idea that has been documented decently well. In, in, in a bit, I'll teach you how to bypass uh, newspaper headlines via different methods. Uh, but there's this actually good article in the Washington Post um, that is titled, uh, As a Secretive Hedge Fund Guts Its Newspapers, Journalists Are Fighting Back. It kind of just details all of the different hedge funds and venture capitalist firms that have like just totally destroyed so many local papers throughout the entire country. It's actually kind of surprising once you learn how many of these papers are just getting destroyed by like just a few, like a, just like a few hedge funds are just doing all this damage. And it's it's like, yeah, I mean, this is why the current like journalism industry kind of sucks right now is because of these types of practices. And I mean, like no one likes it. Like no one's happy with it. Like yeah. everyone hates journalism. Journalists hate journalism. People who read journalism hates journalism. Like activists hate journalism. Like everyone's mad at it. Um, and yeah, you could look at these, these hedge funds and venture capitalists who are just like making it such an impossible industry. Uh, and then, you know, how you have like you have Internet sites and culture sites like Vice, BuzzFeed and Cracked 
who've had to frequently lay off large swaths of their editorial and writing teams, whether for like union reasons or because the company made failed attempts to chase some big tech companies or media giants, you know, proposed money, like in the Facebook switching over to video content kind of debacle that happened a few years ago. And like, it's, 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 it's understandable why these writers, artists, and journalists are frustrated because, yeah, the work is hard and the salaries are low. Well, the work should be hard. Some people kind of slack off. But, you know, for the good journalism is, more, is, is, is challenging and salaries typically aren't great. But even if audience monetary support were the solution to making creative and writing industries more profitable again, the kind of anti-piracy folks would still be missing a fundamental point is that kind of the the pro paywall people want you to get it through your head that journalism is just like other types of things you buy, whether it be food, you know, alcohol or entertainment um, saying, you know, all these things, you know, Netflix isn't free, you know, Coca-Cola isn't free, right? This isn't journalism's fault. It's just how the world works. You have to buy it to use it. It's, you know, it costs money to make, so you have to buy it to use it. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, it's dumb to think otherwise. This is kind of their framework. But I beg to differ because enjoying art and worthwhile journalism, I think, should always have the option of being free because when information is in the public interest, it should just always be available to everybody, uh, whether or not you've already used up your three free articles. Like, this is really important, especially now when there's, you know, the whole the whole war thing happening and finding like paywalled articles about it is incredibly frustrating. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there was even when the... There was a right wing a right wing extremist who opened fire and killed someone at a Portland uh uh Black Lives Matter protest a few weeks ago. Uh that that is, you know, still definitely impacting the city, uh, because it was it's it's still very recent. But a lot of the news coverage, first of all, wasn't great. Uh there was a, a whole bunch of news yeah. coverage was like was uh parodying the police lies and framing the framing the attacker as like an innocent homeowner who was defending himself. It was pretty gross. But even we, even when the news articles started to like correct their previous grievous errors, um, almost all of it was paywalled. Like all, like all, of, like a whole bunch of stuff was paywalled about it, and that's incredibly frustrating. Uh, because this is like you know when information's in the public interest, it should be free to access. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like that's just is like a good moral thing. Like uh, and even um, and we've seen it. We've seen this before. Back in 2020, when the plague was uh, a new thing. News organizations across the country started to lift paywalls to share coverage of the coronavirus pandemic, um, which was great. And, you know, you can you can obviously see that once that changed over, a lot of people who were making this happen behind the scenes probably hoped that it would just convince people to become paying customers. But it was still like that's still the way things should be is to have have the option of it being free and then having the option to donate. And this actually seems to be kind of the trend. Uh, in, in 2018, the University of uh, of Texas at Austin surveyed about like a thousand uh, Chicago residents about their local news consumption, and they found that respondents were more willing to give a $10 donation to support a free news site than pay $10 for a subscription to access premium news content. So yeah, like th that's and that I definitely share that same like uh, that same idea. I will way sooner donate money to a newspaper that I enjoy that is also free, then I will pay $10 a month to read subscription service-based news. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, because it turns out when you, like, this, this applies to all types of media, but, like, when you enjoy media, you want to support its creators, whether that be anime, whether that be Sonic the fucking Hedgehog, whether yeah. that be whether that be news or books, right? If you like something, you're gonna buy it, right? I, I got introduced to Lemony Snicket's books via the library, and now I bought lots because I wanted to uh, I wanted to buy the books from the person that I like. Yeah, and, and th th there are entire like industries that, in that literally just work on this principle. This is why free to play games work. Yeah, exactly. There, there's another conversation with free to play games here about like addiction and gambling and manipulation about that. But like that, that's, you know, like set, setting that aside for a second. It's like, yeah, these things, if, 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 if people didn't want, if didn't spend money on things they like, free to play games would not work like fundamentally as a model. Yeah, no, def definitely the idea of like, yeah, you get someone starts enjoying the service, so then they start paying for it, whether it be buying a useless, you know skin for whatever third person shooter you have 
or that be, you know, buying books or copies of, of the film or like anime body pillows, whatever. Like you, you, you <laughs> want to financially support the things that you enjoy. This is just a part of, this is what humans do. So yeah, maybe more stuff should be, have the option of being free. Uh, that is definitely my take on it. Let's, let's have a quick, let's have a bit of an app. Speaking of uh, free content, this uh, podcast is brought to you by these lovely sponsors. So you can listen for free while just skipping the ads. So good for you. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. back and now we're going to talk about different ways of bypassing uh, paywalls specifically for online news because paywalls frustrate me and as someone who likes messing around with kind of computery stuff there's definitely a long list of ways to bypass paywalls depending on what types of paywalls we are talking about so types of paywalls there are there are typically two general types of paywalls there's hard paywalls and soft paywalls Um, hard paywalls require payment upfront so usually some some form of subscription fee before accessing any content. Uh, websites with hard paywalls will maybe will let you lead like a tiny snippet of the article, but you need access. You, you, you need you need to pay subscription to access the full the full content. Soft paywalls are 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 
that typically allow you to read a number of articles before you need to buy buy a subscription. So it's there's you have a, a set number of like articles that you can read for a fixed period or session. Um, there's you know a lot lot of, a lot of, a lot of websites operate like this. Most of like New York Times operates like this. A lot of a, a lot a lot of news sites have a soft paywall model, which is great because they're typically a little bit easier to bypass. Uh, first first method. This works some of the time. It depends on how the website's constructed, but you can c try to stop the loading page before it fully loads. Uh, it's a, generally a quick technique. It's effective on several different types of web pages. Uh, you have to stop your browser from fully loading the web page as soon as your browser displays the text element of the paywalled content. So you you know enter a page URL into the search bar, press enter, and then press the X icon or the escape key as soon as you see some of the text on screen before a paywall uh, window pops up. Um, a major limitation of this is that stopping the website may not load all content elements, so it may only render like a portion of the text, or it may like miss out on like files, like images, animations, or videos. Um, and it also depends on the order of which the website loads the page elements. So for example, if a website loads the paywall first, then this trick won't be successful. Also, you have to be kind of pretty fast in order to make this one work. Typically, this isn't the first way I do it because there's generally easier ways. But if you can do this, then cool. It's definitely it's definitely a fast one if you can get it to succeed. For soft paywall, so like I I, I will say the 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 stopping the browser from loading is actually successful at some hard paywall sites, uh, because if they do like load a portion of the text to read as like a snippet. Sometimes it'll actually load the entire text, but then just block it off with a separate window. So sometimes with a hard paywall, you can actually stop it via this method. So that's always fun. Um, but second method, generally more for soft paywalls, is for is is to delete your page's cookies. So you know websites store cookies to track your browser um, activities, including how much content you've accessed. So uh, blog publishers, newspaper sites can track the number of free articles you've read using the cookies stored on your browser. If you've hit the limit for uh, for non-subscribers, if like the, the the limit of articles allotted, then you can delete the website cookies to refresh the to refresh that counter, and it will possibly reset the limit of articles. Um, you can go to the privacy or security section of your web browser, select the option that allows you to check the cookies and cite for all data, and then search for the website that you're looking for in the in the cookie management page, and then click remove all. You can do this on like Firefox, Chrome. Microsoft Edge, if you want to use that for some reason. Um, <laughs> Safari, uh, yeah. But uh, this trick may not work very well on hard paywalls because it that's that they don't really use cookies for the same purpose. And also, you'll have to you know do if you're doing if you're doing this for soft paywalls, you have to do it every time you you reach the limit. Um, and if this won't work if the website is using other kind of more advanced tools to track your activity like uh, IP logs, right? So if it's tracking your IP data instead of your cookies, then this probably won't work. So this one's, uh, this one, I mean, you, you should clear cookies every once in a while anyway, just like gen generally a good practice. But to do this all the time, is kind of a, kind of a bit of work, uh, especially because the next method is typically easier and does the same thing, which is just reading articles inside a private or incognito mode or in the Tor browser. Um, so as 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 explained earlier, not all paywalls are about the same. If you know if a website uses a soft paywall, you sh should be able to read a subscription-based content through incognito or, or private browsing, because it'll trick the uh, it'll it'll trick the website into thinking you're a brand new visitor, granting you access to the content before it had before it racks up enough views to uh to throw up at the paywall window. So this is this is a lot easier than just manually deleting the cookies yep. every single time. <laughs> Because, yeah, most web browsers do not transmit pre-existing cookies onto an incognito or private mode uh, browser mode. So it doesn't switch those back over. And then, although the website will deposit new cookies onto your browser during private browsing sessions, they will be removed as soon as you close the window. Uh, the one bummer is that some news pages are getting wise and actually are programming their websites to be able to, be able to detect if they're opened in a private or browsing mode, or even on tour, um, and they just like won't open. They'll they'll say, "Sorry, you have to. We we've detected that you're using this in private browsing mode to view this content. Boot up a regular browser." Which so, which really sucks for the tour users because a lot of people who yeah. are using tour are like, 
hey, yeah, Need like it? I'm in China. I'm trying to get past yep. the Great Firewall and uh, fuck you, eat shit. You should have uh, somehow paid a subscription service to us yep. to, to see information on this site that uh, is literally illegal here. Like, it's yeah, great. It's, it's really bad for people who are like actually facing government censorship. Yeah. Um, who need to use Tor to to view content? So yeah, that that is a uh, it's what we call a major bummer. Uh, a major sucks. A major oh no, capitalism did a whoopsie. Yep. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is definitely this is one of the modes I do most often. It's like I can typically get a, get a lot of sites to be able to view through incognito or private or private browsing. But again, it does depend on what the site is is uh is is built to do. But by far, my favorite method, oh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll mention another one that I don't really use very often, is the uh, paywall removal extensions for, for your browser, which is like third-party browser extensions, which uh, try to automatically bypass paywalls. These are really hit and miss. Um, and it's, they're also a really great way to get nice, uh, fancy malware onto your computer. Um, so I, would, I typically steer clear of this, but there, there is allegedly... A browser extension called uh, Bypass Paywalls for Chrome and Firefox that allegedly has been found to be effective um, that allows you to read the subscription-based articles on hundreds of publications like New York Times, Wired, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post. Um, it, is, it, is, it is free, but you have to manually load it onto your browser. And just typically, I'm not a big fan of browser extensions in the first place, so I kind of steer clear of these. But some, 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 people, some people swear by them, so... Maybe maybe they can work. They're not they're, they're not really my thing. Uh, but my favorite method is uh, archive websites, uh, specifically archive.is. So there are internet archiving tools that preserve copies of web pages and social media posts for reference purposes, uh, and you can use these tools to access paywalled content and read subscription-based news articles for free, including a lot of hard paywalled uh, pages. Uh, archive.is or archive.is is my favorite one. Um, also, it's it functions under archive.today. Uh, just it just it depends on what servers they're running at the moment. Of course, there's also the classic and pretty reliable archive.org, uh, which has a nice uh, calendar feature. But it's definitely good to check both of these because sometimes an article will be archived on archive.is really easily, and it won't be available on archive.org. Sometimes it'll be on archive.org and not archive.is. It's, it's currently the the one that's currently live. I think is .ph. It automatically switches usually. I, can, I usually just type in archive.is um, and it switches me over automatically. But yes, there is, there is, there is, there is a few of them. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Correct. It does automatically revert to archive.ph right at the moment. So yeah, but these, these are the ones I use the most because people who have access to hard paywalled content will often archive the hard paywalled stuff so it's available to people without the paywall. This 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 can include the screenshot mode for archive.is and the regular archival method for archive.org. But both these are great. Um and they're also really good for looking at past versions of the articles. Yeah. So you can look to see what how the articles <laughs> have changed over time. Yep. And, and so these are great, just research tools. And archive.is is very easy to even upload stuff yourself, even if you don't have um the paywall. It's like even even if you're blocked off from reading the full thing. You can try to submit it to archive.is, and there's a good chance I might actually grab an unpaywalled version of it, because uh, because of how because of how the site works. So just go to archive.ph or 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 archive.is, enter the web page URL that you're wanting to access in the designated uh, dialog box at the bottom, select save. It'll go through a little process, um, and then it then you will uh, then you'll be able to select the screenshot mode or the web page mode and be able to see what type of thing it archives. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, it's the last thing I'll mention is outline.com and 12 foot ladder. These are web-based tools, but not specifically archival sites. They're generally used to just get to the text of an article via like web page nonsense and bypassing paywall stuff. Unfortunately, websites have also gotten wise to this. So stuff like New York times and wall street journal have figured out a way to get these sites blocked. So you cannot use outline.com or 12 foot ladder on them, but they still work on stuff like the Washington post. So it always depends. Uh, but I definitely generally will prefer the archive.is and archive.org method to viewing any kind of paywalled content. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my, I mean, I'm not now I'm, I'm not going to explain how to do like regular piracy on the podcast. Cause I don't have enough time but like yeah, we it's can do that easy. At some point. Yeah, there are there are lots of people who will tell you. 
I mean, like Kiss Cartoon is like a very yeah. popular website. Like you don't even need to like you don't even have to like properly like torrent stuff anymore. There is like so much pirated media available. Yeah, and, and it's like okay, so like you, you got to be a little bit careful when you're pirating stuff because sometimes you can get copyright strikes. But if you stream it, it, it they they don't copyright yeah. strike you for that. So yeah, yeah. I guess the, the other thing I will plug is uh, Plex, which is a kind of an online movie hosting service like Netflix, except you upload all of the content to it. So let's say you buy Blu-rays, they comes with it comes with a digital download code. So now you can upload the digital copy into Plex and watch that wherever you want, as long as you're signed into the, to the Plex account and you actually own the stuff on the service. So as long as the service is online, you can use it because you actually own the stuff on it. Um, that includes if you have if you have pirated versions of movies downloaded, you can upload those versions onto Plex, then then delete the actual hard copies of it on your hard drive, then just watch the ones on Plex and you're totally fine. So Plex is great for having like ease of access because right sometimes i don't want to sort through my blu-ray discs and make sure that i have a blu-ray player with me so to watch my stuff so using plex is a great web method to keep your stuff that you actually own accessible online to watch it as long as you sign into a web browser um and the last thing i'll plug is library submission forms so if you really want media and you don't want to pay for it and you don't want to like pirate it necessarily you can get libraries to buy stuff. Um, I did this all the time when I was younger. I, I found out that you can submit uh, uh, items for purchase via, via, via the library on the online forum. And uh, I submitted so many comic books. Uh, mo mo most of the comic books, I would say, not mo but like a good majority of the comic books in the Multnomah County Library System are because of me. Every, <laughs> every Wednesday when a new trade paperback would be released, I would upload it to the library submission form and they would buy it, uh, and not just one copy. They would buy like twelve copies. Yeah. So I, there's so many Batman comics in the <laughs> in the in the Vault of McKinney system because I would studiously uh, upload upload all that stuff so that I didn't need to pay for comics. I could just get them from the from the library. So definitely look into library submissions to kind of grow what your library has in stock, and then also look into see what other things your library is doing because I know more libraries are looking into building like maker spaces. And like tool libraries to um, uh, have access to things that are not just like books, you know, to have power tools, and then to, you know how to access to even cool stuff like stuff like uh, vacuum formers and, th and like three D printers, laser cutters. Yeah. All these things are are kind of growing. So look into what your library is doing because oftentimes libraries have some pretty cool stuff. Um, so yeah, this is my little little bit on why I don't like paywalls. Uh, why I think content should be free because it actually helps creators in the long run any, anyway and how to get past uh, news articles that don't want you to read them without paying too much money yep and remember folks if japan invaded your country pirating anime is reparations if you're mad about this tweet uh find me on twitter at i write okay yeah make sure you tweet at i write okay if you have complaints yep. about that take so yeah that is uh that is my little my, my, my little bit talking about piracy arg and uh and yeah i mean more we should, we should, we should, I, th I think it's, I've, I've always had, I've always held this opinion that I think we can all learn a lot of lessons from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and I think one of the greatest ones is that turns out when you make stuff available to use uh, for free and allow emulation, people like, people like, people like the stuff more. People enjoy it and it will actually support official uses of it as well. So more stuff for free, more, more, more library based economies. And, and less... having having gold rings, having an enormous number of gold rings makes you nearly invincible. That's that is this is all, this is also true. I mean, this multiple franchises exist with that exact premise. Yep. Um, yeah. So turns out uh, when you have more more libraries, more rings, people people are happier. Yep. That's the episode. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. 
I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done, outfit stunner, and my skin. I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.